Eagles Entertainment. Woo! Yeah! Hey, guys. Unbelievable physical play. What, how, what am I supposed to say, Gardner? How am I supposed to say it? Physicality? Physicality. Physicalness. Physicality. Physicalness. Physicality. Physicality. We took it to the... Great job. We're road warriors now. Let's go out there and we gotta... We, now we gotta go get a home win. All right? Now we gotta go get a home win and get two in a row. All right? And it starts this week. All right? But the physical play was unbelievable. All right? Listen now. Listen now. Around 11 starts tomorrow because I need you guys to come in and get tested. If you want to flush your bodies, come in. But I'll see you guys Wednesday! Yeah! This is what it's supposed to feel like, man. You got to remember what it took to get here, though. What you put out on that field, man, what we did in all three phases today, that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. But the challenge is, can we do it consistently, man? Mm -hmm. That's what we failing right now, consistency. Mm -hmm. So coach giving us a day off, man, but that don't mean, that don't mean shut it down. <clears throat> Figure out what to do, get your body right, get an extra day of preparation in. Because that's what it's going to take when we go back to the link, get this win versus Saints, get this thing going, man. Let's do it. Let's go. Hey, love y'all boys. Family on three. One, two, three. Family. Let's get it. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. It's Tuesday, and I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. You just heard Nick Sirianni, the post-game celebration in the Eagles locker room following the win over the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Eagles now 4-6, and six, and in just a few moments, we'll speak with Nick. We'll bring him on for our weekly one-on-one, -on -one, a great conversation with Nick Sirianni uh, about a lot of things. So uh, make sure you just hang in there because it's going to be exclusive to this podcast and this podcast only. Lots to get to here as the Eagles get ready for a home game, uh, looking for their first victory at Lincoln Financial Field this season. The New Orleans Saints, 5-4, and four, come to town. A good football team. They've got some injury issues. Alvin Kamara, we're going to keep our eyes on him. Missed last week's game. Their loss, and a tough loss for the Saints to the Tennessee Titans. Very well-played game. Getting good play from Trevor Simeon at the quarterback position. Adam Kaplan will touch on the Saints. He'll be our guest in just a bit. Adam, the co-host of the Inside the Birds podcast, also a contributor on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Ike Reese will be along to talk about the Eagles defense and specifically the Eagles linebackers, TJ Edwards and Davion Taylor, both of whom have been very productive of late. But let's get right into it here. Head coach Nick Sirianni stops by weekly. This time he stops by with a big smile after that win in Denver. We spoke on Monday and the head coach... Uh, very pleased with that win in Denver, but also understands seven games to go. A lot of football to be played for the Philadelphia Eagles. Here we go, one-on-one -on -one with head coach Nick Sirianni. Head coach Nick Sirianni, thanks for joining me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast, our weekly one-on-one. -on -one. Congratulations on the win in Denver. Um, I'd like to get into your offensive mind a little bit. and You clearly have an open mind and you're willing to adapt in the course of a season. And the running game has been really successful. And I wonder... You've talked about how the strength of the team is the offensive line, and you've known you can run the football. Um, how does that kind of the offensive philosophy evolve? Do you start exchanging ideas in meetings, and then you take it to the practice field, and then you work it in the games? I mean, kind of how does it work during the course of the year? Yeah, again, you see what you see what you're doing well first, and what you're being successful at first. 
then and you kind of always want to start there as you start to watch tape. Um, and, and you obviously you watch the tape of the team. You watch some tape from around the league of maybe not against the team of other ideas that some some people are playing against similar style defenses. Um, and so, again, it's just a piece of the puzzle of like, hey, here's what we do well. Here's what's good against this team. Um, here's where their strengths are as players. Uh, here's where our strengths are as players. Um, and, it, and it just kind of evolves, evolves that way. Again, it's like we hit a play. We hit a pass play yesterday um, that we haven't hit all year. And I think what happens sometimes when you do that is like, okay, I, I as a play car, I have – uh, confidence to call that. And as a quarterback, Jalen has confidence to go with that. And so we're, we're just going to find a completion versus any different look. And so I think that play will continue to be more part of our success. And that's no different uh, with, with a pass play or a run play uh, or any type of play that we run in this offense. You build, you build confidence through practice into game, into the next game. Do coaches in general, do they lobby you ever, or do you lobby them ever to say, Hey, let's, maybe do this play or let's emphasize that part of our team. Anybody? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think sometimes like if, if you're not seeing it the same way, um, if, if maybe if Shane has a play that he wants to, to get on the game plan and I'm not completely vibing with her, I'm not seeing it the way he needs to see it. I think us coaches, what we do sometimes, this is a good question, Dave, right? It's getting you into our, in our coaches. I mean, as a, as a coach, sometimes you, 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 uh, you, you go and you, you bring the film like, okay, hey, let me show you when we hit this versus a different style of defense uh, or against the same similar style of defense in 2012 or 2014 or 2017 or whatever it is. Right. And so I guess that's our lobbying a little bit. Yeah. I think that, I think that's a right way to say it. Like, Oh, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. Well, we're such visual guys. Like, well, let me show you. But with all that being said, Dave, like whether I'm lobbying for a play or Shane's lobbying for a play or Kevin or Stout or Jason, Mike or Brian Johnson or anyone, if whether we're lobbying for a play or not, the person that has to feel comfortable with it is the guy behind the center. Um, cause he's the one out there and our players, right? Cause they're the ones out there executing it. And so that's my message to Jalen all the time. It's like, Hey, if you don't like something, tell me, we'll take it right out. It doesn't matter if I like the player, Shane likes the player, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It only matters if you like the play and if you're going to go out there and make it work. Cause, uh, that, that's, that's what it's all about is our players and, and making sure they're comfortable and in position to succeed. Nick, I think you've been asked about 400 times this year about what the team's identity is. And after the win in Denver, you talked about how physically dominating the team was, how you played smart, how fundamentally sound you were, and, and adapting week to week is what you need to do to win. Do you think that that is the identity of the team? Yeah, I think I think what uh, people want to hear sometimes is the identity is we run it or we air it out or we're quick, short passing game or deep play action chunk. And they want to maybe group it into a, a specific category of a play uh, or play type. And, and I think my message has been all along as, um, Hey, there's some things that uh, scheme schedules scheme. Those are forever evolving and forever changing, right? Based off of what you're doing and based off of what the defense is doing. But things that you never want to change and, and you double down on is the core values, right? Or in a, as we talk about a style of play, I guess I'm always wanting our teams as a style of play to be physical, right? To be fundamentally sound and to be smart football, 
All right. And so that, you know, that plays into our core values as well. Like, so that's what our identity, that's what we want our identity to be, right. Is to be, you know, and it starts with that physical part and that starts with our offense and defensive lines. And so I think it's what you saw yesterday is our offensive and defensive lines being physical. It trickles to everybody else, right? Everybody can play physical. Jalen Hurts can play physical, right? Uh, our receivers can play physical. Um, the safeties and, and the, the corners can play physical. And so, um, that's really what you, what you want. And, uh, I go, you know, I've said this, I say this to my son every time he goes and plays a sport, whether it's basketball, um, whether it's uh, soccer, I always say to him, have fun. And I'll say, Hey, have, and he'll finish it for me. Fun. Hey, um, uh, what's the next one? <laughs> have fun, um, play. And he says hard. And then the last one always ends with this B and he says physical. All right. And so that's any sport you play and that you want to, you want to be physical because every sport has some contact in it. Right. And, and has that, it has that in it. And so, um, you know, that's my message to him and that's my message to the team. And that's the identity that we want to have is, is, and it always starts with that being physical. So you stole my next question because my question was, where does physicality rank in terms of your football importance? I mean, obviously right at the top. I just think, you know, we've all seen this game uh, in that it, it always comes down to your, you know, being physical, right? And and how you're blocking guy. Like, you can't block someone. Like, how do you block? How do you tackle? And how do you run the football and, and catch the football and have the football in your hands? Well, every one of those components has, yeah, there's some finesse to some of that stuff. But every one of them is going to have that uh, physicality in it. Um and I guess yesterday I was saying, or the, the day before in our meeting, I was saying physicalness, and I wasn't saying that right. Gardner Minshew made it very clear to me that it was physicality, uh, and so I'm better. I'm um, my English is better now because of Gardner Minshew. Um, Jalen Hurts. Uh, we've talked about his play in the pocket. It looked like the Broncos really came after him with the blitz, and I wondered what kind of progress he's made against the blitz. I remember way back when Andy Reid always said that Donovan McNabb wouldn't play until he learned how to handle the blitz. So how is Jalen Hurts handling the blitz? Yeah, I think what you've seen as an evolution of Jalen is that he's handling it in different ways and in, 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 in different um, areas, right? And so I think what you saw early on is that, you know, uh, that he handled the blitz running it, right? Yesterday in the last couple of weeks, you've seen him, yes, still having that run aspect of it to be able to get out of that trouble, but also now he's sliding in the pocket, moving in the pocket, and delivering the ball downfield. And sometimes handling the blitzes, like what happened a couple times yesterday, oh, you're blitzing off this edge, I'm going to get out of this play, and I'm going to go to this play. And so you handle that with Jalen. What you've seen and where you've seen him involved is that, evolve, pardon me, is that he's handling the blitz with his legs, his arm, and his mind. And so um, that's huge, and, and that's where he's continuing to make strides, and he did a really good, nice job of that yesterday, and we look forward to uh, him continuing to good, do a good job of that. Nick Devontae had the great catch, 36-yard touchdown, physical coverage, really good coverage, comes down in bounds. All those questions before the draft about his size seem to be put to rest. Um, and I wonder, as a former wide receivers coach, can you, when you're watching that play, what is the scouting report on – exactly what happened on that play. How did he make that catch, the body control that he needed to come down in bounds, everything that you saw? 
Yeah, you know, he's probably he's probably made that catch on Sertain a couple times in practice, right? Um, but uh, to Patrick Sertain's uh, credit, he he was in a really good position. He play, he played that route well. Um, but you saw a really good throw by uh, Jalen and an even better catch by by Devontae to come up with that. Uh, I think what you saw is just complete concentration um, through the catch, right? Because that, I mean, as you look at it, it kind of got tipped up a little bit. He got, he got his hands in there. Sertain had his arm in there. Again, really good position by him. And and um, I think Kobe Bryant used to say good offense beats good defense all the time. So it was great defense and great offense, and good offense beats great defense every time. And so, uh, and then just the savviness to be able to get his body in bounds, um, you know, um, get his body in bounds right there. And I think his, his hip struck first, um, but it was just good awareness of – and, and that starts staying in bounds starts right of saving yourself some room in bounds too. I know we've had a couple touchdowns. Devontae's had a touchdown call back because he stepped out of bounds. Jalen had a t- Jalen Rager had a touchdown call back when he stepped out of bounds. So it was a good job by him uh, saving that room on the sideline and and going up and make the play. What were your defensive takeaways? The the defense just allowed one touchdown, five red zone possessions, one conversion on thirteen third and fourth downs combined. Um, they t- had to take away, turned it into seven points. Um, what are you taking away from the way the defense played? Yeah, again, I, I thought they played really physical. That was the thing we talked about uh, first and foremost, how physical they played um, on both sides of the ball, and, 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 they, and they really did their defensive line played a great game. Um, which in our, our secondary played a great game. Our linebackers played a great game. It was just a good overall team defense uh, that we that we played, and the situational football was phenomenal. All right, and so uh, to to hold them for to one of five, right? And 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 when you say one of five, sometimes you assume in the red zone that they scored, they at least got three out of those, right? Well, we got a fumble that turned into a touchdown the other way. We blocked a kick. Um, so they really, uh, I really can't say enough for the, you know, the hustle, right? So we give up a 65-yard pass, but look at the hustle by um, by Anthony Harris to save the touchdown there and to hold him to three points. I mean, like that was some good football right there, and then and then the the execution on third down. Uh, to stall out drives like we won the situational battle and, and we really won that uh, in due part because of the, the, the defense, you know, really did a good job uh, of uh, in situational ball. Nick, you mentioned the blocked field goal. Kayvon Wallace is in his second year. He wants to get on the field. He's had some injuries and then he steps up and makes that big play. And I wonder from your perspective, what does it tell you about him that he took that moment and, and took that opportunity and made a big play on it? Yeah, he, that he takes advantage of all his opportunities, um, and that you know he's a, he's a he's really he's really developed into a, a really good special teams player for us, and and he'll be ready when if his number if and when his number is called, and but and he's he's taking his reps at special teams and and becoming one of our guys that we say hey he's one of our special teams aces, um, and he and he showed that yesterday, so really happy with him. I mean that you know Sean did a great job of uh, of, of getting into the into the the one guy um uh zach did a good job coming off the edge and then Kayvon was able to skinny through there and get a block um so good job good set up there by coach clay and great execution by the guys and and it was really good to see Kayvon uh, make a big time play like that 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 was i thought that was a really big play really swinging momentum in that game a lot of young players up and down the roster are making improvement and i wondered if you could just take a moment here to credit your coaching staff top to bottom for the job they're doing throughout the roster. Yeah. 
uh, again, it always starts with getting the right type of guys in here. Um, and so credit to Howie and his staff, first of all, to for getting the right the right guys in here that, that want to work, that want to get better at football, that love the sport, that are tough. And, um, and then, you know, we spent, I think I take a lot of pride in the sense that, that we spent a lot of time uh, getting, trying to develop our guys. Uh, I was taught a long, long time ago that, you know, in college, in college football, it's recruit, retain, develop, right? Recruit, retain, develop. And, and that was really hammered home to me very early as, as a coach. And so here it's, it's evaluate. And, and then when you get them in the building, develop them. And so I've never lost that, that aspect. So we do a lot of things that, um, that help develop our guys. And, but, you know, and so, and it's really the position coaches have a, have a they're the ones that are developing them, right? Through all the different, you know, we, we make time in the schedule uh, for them to develop different ways. And the position coaches are working like crazy to, to help them develop in that extra time that they have. And so, uh, yeah, we, we, and so another part of that, Dave, is that, um, you know, you hire, you want to hire coaches that can develop, right? That can develop, know the fundamentals, right? To, to help them get better and know the drill work to help them get better. And I think that's what we have here is we got a lot of uh, um, position coaches that know how to, that know the fundamentals, right? That was a requirement to get in the door here, know the fundamentals. And, and they've done a really nice job, right? Just one, because of who the coaches they are. Um, and then, you know, they've done a nice job just, just handling the time and, and making sure they put the time into developing our young guys because, you know, those are the guys that, that we see in our future. Those are sometimes they're in a starting role, sometimes they're in a backup role. But at some point, we're going to need the, need every single one of those guys uh, if we were going to go where we want to go uh, in this uh, organization. And finally, Coach, uh, I know it's early in the week. Saints coming to town. Some thoughts on on what New Orleans brings to the table? Yeah, they're uh, yeah. As far as their defense, Dennis Allen's a really good football coach. Uh, I got a lot of respect for him. Uh, you know, I was in the division when he was uh, with the Raiders um, as the head coach, and just always thought that his defenses they're they they are um, they're schemed well. Um, his guys play hard. They play with good fundamentals. So a lot of respect for for his defenses. Obviously, Sean Payton is a great football coach. Uh, that's been doing this for a long time, and he's he's at the top of the game of of of, of offensive football, and has done it with a, a lot of different ways. And so um, we know they're well coached. We know they have talent all over the field, uh, both offensively and defensively. Um, they, they got they got playmakers. They got stars, guys that are stars in this league. And uh, it's it's going to be a challenge, uh, and we just got to get to work and and get going. And so we're up for this challenge. Nick, thanks so much. Good luck on Sunday. Thanks, Dave. All right, very good stuff there from Nick. Now let's talk a little defense. Ike Reese, former Eagles linebacker, of course. He works with us on our postgame show on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our official app and our social media channels, our postgame show presented by Rico. And, um, you know, Ike just knows his stuff. WIP host, talks to the fans, has a pulse with the fans. But we wanted to talk football, specifically linebackers. Here it is, Ike Reese, dishing it up, talking about mostly T.J. Edwards and Davion Taylor. Do the Eagles have something here at the very scrutinized linebacker position? Ike, um, 
Let's talk about the defense, and specifically I'd like to start with linebackers. We've talked so many years about linebackers and where are they going to come from. Your opinion of T.J. Edwards and Davion Taylor and maybe kind of taking a little rosy view of what the Eagles are building there. Yeah, I got to be honest with you, man. I like what I'm seeing, Dave. Um, obviously, they, they aren't finished products, but uh, T.J., uh, a little more seasoned uh, than Davion plays with a um with a little more uh, assurance of, of of what he's doing and where he's going and, and how he wants to attack uh, and he plays that sort of physical brand of football you certainly want to see uh from your linebackers that can be infectious uh to the rest of the players uh that are surrounding him and, and, and Davion I think is just a young guy that's just scratching the surface he, he is just beginning to to realize uh, his potential. And uh, I think the more game experience he gets, the more time he puts in uh, and just learning about the game of football and really just anticipating what offenses are doing. Because that's, that's so much, that's so important to, to, to playing defense is, is being able to have that pre-snap uh, snapshot of what the offense is trying to do to you because it allows you to play a lot faster. And this kid plays fast enough as it is. He has great size, great athleticism. He just needs more playing time out there. I, I've loved what I've seen uh, from both of the guys out there. And really, since they've been inserted uh, into the lineup as a duo primarily out there, um, I think you can see the difference uh, in, in just the um, just the physical nature of, of playing in that front seven. Okay, so both of them have seemingly have physical and mental challenges. So with TJ, it seemed to be more physical. The rap on him was his speed. Can a linebacker compensate for, you know, that lack of ideal prototypical speed? No, he certainly can. Um, especially if you have a, a defensive scheme that isn't going to necessarily expose sort of that weakness in his game. In other words, you're not going to ask him to do a lot of man-to-man coverage on scat backs, you know, tight ends like a Kittle or Kelsey guys that have speed at that position of Darren Waller. But if you put him in a position to where he can just use his, his, his brain, his intelligence, uh, he's going to excel there. And, and, and he makes up for whatever, whatever um, lack of physical measurable he has from an athletic standpoint, speed standpoint with just, his understanding of the defense, understanding of football, knowing where to be, it allows him to play faster uh, from that sense. So, uh, man, I've seen a lot of lot of linebackers throughout the years. They may not have been the fastest or what have you, or even the biggest, but because they understood the game of football and they knew what the offense was trying to do to you, and he also that, that player understands his strengths and his weaknesses, man, they, they play a long time in this league. And so TJ, uh, what he lacks in that, in that sort of phase of the game, I think he makes up for, uh, with, with, with his, with his brain and then just his toughness. I mean, once he gets there, um, he, he's going to bring you down. He's a pretty good short tackler. And then 180 degrees away from that is Davion, who, as you said, has all the physical tools. A great athlete yeah. just doesn't have the instincts because he didn't play when he was a kid. Can you make up for a lack of instincts? Sure you can, um, it, but it, it's a little harder. <laughs> it's, it's a little harder to do because 
uh, defense is is a team sort of uh, way of thinking. And, and what I mean by that is that everybody has a responsibility within the defensive scheme. And so if you're not where you're supposed to be and where everybody is anticipating you being, then there's a weakness or a hole in the defense that can be exposed. So just the understanding uh, of the defense and, and knowing what the other 10 players around you are doing in that defense, it's going to allow you to do your job and your role with more efficiency. But then you take that next step. Uh, and this is where a lot of young players uh, struggle, Dave. It's it's really the, the the guys that get it early. They are the exception to the rule. Uh, it usually takes about three years till you fully understand. And I know it took me three years before I could get over what my role in the defense was. And now I can start looking at the offense and start anticipating what's going to happen. So it allowed me to play faster. So by my third or fourth year, I was a much better player in Jim Johnson's defense when I got a chance to play. And with Davion. That's what's going to happen with him eventually. Is as long as he gets the consistency of playing in the same defense and just getting a little bit better each week, um, I think he'll be able to put the physical tools that he has together with the mental part of the game that you ultimately need to have. I mean, there's a lot of physical freaks of nature out there, but if you don't understand uh, what your role is and what the team is trying to do to attack you, you're not going to last very long. So he, he, once he gets that part of the, the game down, he can mirror that with his physical abilities. Man, he could be a very good player. I mean, he really can because he, he has all the other parts that you want. He just has to get that part down. And then that playing under control, right? Like, like no, no, knowing how to harness all that speed and aggression and, and athleticism, you got to be able to play under control so the teams don't use it against you. Um, but it's there. It's there. You see flashes of it. Um, he just needs to keep playing. He just, and as long as the kid has the work ethic to put the work in, man, the sky's the limit for him. It really is. So, like, finally, are we have the Eagles turned a corner here, or are there still going to be ups and downs, or is it kind of a little bit of both? I, I think it is a little bit of both, and, and that's the thing with teams are trying to develop an identity and then go from being a team that has come together as a team to trying to be a winning team. Can we win games? Can we win close games? And then doing it consistently. So we are still, I believe, in that in, in the early stages of this, although there is progress being made. I like what I've seen with this with the team over the last couple of weeks. Now they just need to continue to build off of that. Man, you're, you're around these guys more than I am, Dave, but the, the, the few chances I get the chance to be around guys like a, a Darius Slay or Miles Sanders when we do our, our – they do the radio show with me on Monday nights at Chicken and Peach, um, just getting the sense of the closeness of the team and how everybody is coming together as a team. One thing Slay said to me the other day was, um, you know, they, they are – you know, this is a team that was put together for the first time this year from a staff, coaching staff standpoint, a lot of the players that have come in. It's, it's, they really had to come together first as a team. And, and I think they are starting to do that now, and they're rallying together. And so now they can put it together and build off of it. And I thought uh, the game the other day against the Broncos was, uh, was a great example of, you know, you come together on the road as a unit, and when no one really gives you a chance 
or thinks you got a chance to go in that game. Um, you guys band together, and um, they came out and really played a dominant style of football. I, I thought it was the best game all around for the team all year long. And so I thought that identity started to shape itself and, and, and form itself uh, in that Raiders game, even though it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. It started in that game, and I think it's carried over the last three weeks, and hopefully it can continue the rest of the season. And we wrap things up here with a visit from Adam Kaplan, one of my men. Knows the NFL like no one else. Co-host of the Inside the Birds podcast, which is extremely, extremely informative. And um, also, obviously, on SiriusXM NFL Radio. I wanted to get an outsider's perspective. And so here we go. Adam Kaplan joins the podcast. Adam, I wanted to get an impartial perspective on what the Eagles are doing here. 10 games into the season. Um, your thoughts on, on the progress or if you believe lack of progress the Eagles have made through 10 weeks? No, they've actually, I know the record at 4-6 doesn't show you it, but the way that they've played, particularly the last two weeks, is very encouraging on both sides of the football. Jalen Hurts has played much better the last two weeks, uh, started hanging in the pocket. I know the running numbers are up there, but, folks, I'm telling you that he's making really good decisions with the football, throwing it much better, uh, processing better, really encouraging the way he's played the last two weeks. And defensively, Jonathan Gannon did some good things. He mixed it up, his coverages up, um, made Teddy Bridgewater hold on the ball a little bit longer. That's what teams have done to him. And the execution was much better on the back end, just very encouraging. Look, they've won two out of three, your Eagles have. And quite frankly, the Charger game was very winnable. It could have won either way. So, uh, Dave, to answer your question, there's no question. When you look at their situation, they've improved over the last three weeks. All right, let's start with the head coach because there is constant scrutiny, of course. <laughs> Nick Sirianni, uh, every word he says, every motion that he makes, every play call that he has is obviously evaluated. Your thoughts on Nick through 10 games? It's been very interesting, this metamorphosis that Sirianni's made as a, a, not only a head coach, but as a play caller, to go from a team that was way up there in pass attempts per game, somewhere around 68 to 70% of, the ga- uh, of each game passing it, and now they're, they're leading the NFL over the last four weeks with 190.25 yards on the ground. I mean, I never could have believed it. It's, it's just good coaching. I really like, I look, I, I like what he's doing. They're so loaded at running back, uh, using the personnel correctly. And it's just, there's such a great marriage between the run and pass game right now because it's making Hurts more comfortable. I really like the job the coaches are doing. Nick is always talking about doubling down on what he believes to be true, and that's the connection, and that's the football IQ, and you know, his five core principles. Um, has he gotten better just on a day-to-day basis, Adam, do you think, and, and certainly keeping this team together in a very difficult environment? Philadelphia certainly has been, I mean, to be honest with you, it's been all over him. Um, the fan reaction. Yeah, look, it was like with Doug Peterson 2016. I mean, you, you know, we, we all lived it. Um, you know, the penalties, they, they had it cleaned up for a while, and then, the, you know, the, you, you had the issue there. Um, you talk about connecting. I, I, I do believe that he got through the players. Uh, you do have some issues with Derek Barnett in terms of it, making the right decisions with his emotions and just being smarter. But I do believe he's connected. There's no question about it. And they, and, and they play hard for this coach. So that's the thing. You brought this up, which, which I think the fans need to understand. 
when you're struggling like they were earlier in the season, it, your season could just go down the tubes in year one. Because then you wonder if the, the players are buying in, but the players have never not bought in. That's the key, Dave, to, to, to answer your question. They absolutely connect. They coach, they coach them very hard, from what I understand, and th- there's a buy-in factor. This is not a, a top-ten roster in the National Football League, let's, let's, let's face it. That doesn't mean your coaching staff just throws their hands up. They coach them hard, and you're starting to see the players develop more on both sides of the football. That's also very important. Adam, you mentioned Jalen Hurts and his progress, and his numbers are certainly very impressive. From the pocket, what kind of play are you seeing? We know about the multidimensional skills and the stress that he puts on the defense. and He's been great with ball security. The red zone's been outstanding. Ultimately, he has to be very good from the pocket. What are you seeing? Yeah, he was. He was much better against Denver. Fact, um, first of all, the throw to Goddard, the sideline throw, was, first of all, he kept his eyes downfield. He didn't drop them. He didn't look somewhere else. He wasn't worried about the pass rush. And I'm, I'm sure some of it has to do with how well the, the, the pass protection has been. Their offensive line, which we haven't mentioned, yet, has been tremendous, uh, particularly the last three weeks. But he, he's just, and he, he does, also doesn't turn the ball over. But I like that he is. Downfield focus has been better. This is a problem for him earlier in the season and also last season, but this shows his growth. There's no question about it, and I cannot emphasize this point enough. I know he did have a pick, but overall he gives you a chance because he doesn't turn the ball over generally. He did have the one interception where they, there was a missed block. Still maybe probably shouldn't have thrown the football, should have thrown it out of bounds, but nevertheless, when you give yourself a chance to win because you don't turn it over, you get more possessions, and you get to use the, the, the players on offense in, in a better way. Okay, Adam, so we've got the Saints coming into town on Sunday. Early thoughts on that game, and um, look, a win would make it very, very interesting for the Eagles. Yeah, it would, and and no matter what happens, the Eagles are still in the hunt for uh, a wild-card spot. But very very physical team. Saints are one of the best D-lines in football. I know statistically they're the best run defense, but you also have to consider who they've been playing. That's such a great tactical matchup. Dennis Allen, their D coordinator, and then Nick, Nick Sirianni, Jeff Stoutland designing the run game. I'm, I'm so fascinated to see what happens here because, you know, at some point, and, I, and look, the Eagles are running the ball incredibly well, better than they have in several years. At some point, Jalen Hurts have to, may have to put the ball up over 30 times, which he's not had to do lately. And I'm interested to see if that happens, how he handles it. And let's not forget, Jalen Hurts in his first start last year versus the Saints, and they won. Adam, uh, what do you know at this point about Alvin Kamara, who missed the game on Sunday? What are his chances to play here in Philly? Well, here's what I know about Kamara. He did not practice at all last week, but understand they did not put him on injury reserve, which would have had him miss three games. In fact, if they thought it was bad, they would have put him on injury reserve last Saturday to make sure he misses that game that will count as one of them. So clearly this knee injury isn't too bad. So unless they surprisingly put him on IR, you would think maybe late this week he gets on the practice field. Remember, now we're back to this is a Sunday game. We're, we're on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practice schedule, Saturday to walk through before New Orleans leaves for Philly. So I'll be interested to see if he could practice this week. And by the way, Mark Ingram, if he has to start again, he has not looked this good in several years. He looks really good so far. Adam, uh, are you last one? I mean, at four and six, is this kind of maybe, sort of, where you thought the Eagles would be? Yes, I predicted, you know, on the record, I do what are called win ranges for every team. I gave the Eagles seven or eight. They're right where I thought they would be. There's no way to know which games they win or lose before the season started. But it's, and the Eagles are what, six and ten, Doug Peterson's first year. Um, we obviously have one more game now. We have a 17-game season, 18 weeks. 
I just thought that there was some upside to this team. I, I, again, it's not an upper echelon roster, but there's a lot of youth to this team. There's, there's upside, and we're starting to see it come in here. Milton Williams, another guy I'm really excited about who continues to, to flash, who not a lot of people talk about, the changes at linebacker are working out well. And, you know, another thing is that I've learned through this, through covering this business 21 years, coaches start learning players as you go along. I think in the first year, the first half of the season, you're just trying to figure things out as a coach and starting to see who's who and what's what and, and who deserves to be on the field more. And you start seeing their techniques get better. The, the, the coaches are coaching these guys hard, and they're executing better. So it's been fun to watch. No matter what the record is, folks, this team is really fun to watch. Thanks to Adam. Thanks to Ike Reese. Thanks to Nick Sirianni for their time on this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. We'll be back later in the week as we take a little bit of a deeper dive into the Saints and get a sense of where the Eagles are. Some very special guests this week. I want to thank you all for joining. Make sure you, if you have a moment, give us a little review. We have a five-star review. They always help. We've got a link for you in the details section of the podcast library. I want to thank Peter Kelly, Julie McLaughlin, and Ray Doyle for their work on the podcast. Thank all of you for joining each and every week. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly, and go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S!